certainty that God has ordered my steps, and that God was there, even in the darkest moments of my life. I know this as surely as I know I exist. He never abandoned me, and has brought me by His grace and mercy this far. This is the most certain truth I possess, and it is truly liberating. One other great enrichment was to think back on my youth in India, even as now the West has become home. India gave me much that I can never repay. It really is an intriguing culture, weaknesses and ironies notwithstanding. Now living first in Canada, and then in America, these countries have become home. I am so grateful to God for the privilege of living here. Beyond my residences, the heart has found its home in my faith and love for Jesus Christ. I sincerely hope and pray that as you read these pages, you will feel Him near to you, and that you will be guided by His wisdom and kept by His grace. Without Him, this story would not be worth telling or reading. Part 1 East Chapter 1 A Life Out of Nothing One of my earliest memories is of the old man on my street, a mystic who wore only a loincloth. He was tall, with matted hair and piercing eyes, quite fearsome to look at. Mud was caked all over his bony frame. His face was scarred by deep gashes that were self-inflicted from his religious devotion, and his skin was burned by constant exposure to the torrid heat of the midday sun. How did he come to look like this? I wondered as a boy. What had he done to himself? I found out soon enough. Two or three times each week he would appear on our street, then, almost like a coiled rope unwinding, he would lie down on that filthy road and begin his routine. Cow dung and dog droppings littered the path, to say nothing of the stones or sharp objects that cluttered it as well, yet he would roll down the length of the street with a howl that sounded as if it came from the depths of a cavern. Govinda! 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 I had no clue what his cry was about. I only knew it terrified me. It was an astonishing sight to a five-year-old, and I recall scampering to my mother and asking her, "'What is he doing? What is he doing?' "'He's okay,' she replied. "'Just ignore him.' "'But what is he doing?' I would implore. "'Why is he doing it?' "'He's calling to his God,' she said. That did not quench my curiosity— but I did not pursue it as long as he continued to roll away from me, and his voice became a faint but haunting sound in the distance. Govinda! The old mystic was only one of the striking sights on our street, a place that teemed with life in my eyes. On that street I believed I saw everything that living represented. The world there was filled with sounds and screams and, yes, smells of different kinds. Silence was at a premium. Every morning at sunrise— Any seeming quietness was broken by the shouts of the street vendors, hawking the items they were selling. Onions? Milk? Vegetables? Knife sharpeners? When these sellers came to our door, they would look through our open but barred windows. There was no privacy to speak of. We stepped outside onto the street, and the road itself was so narrow that a car couldn't pass through but only hand-pulled or cycle rickshaws. Outside were stray animals and people, each about some pursuit. Sometimes it was a beggar at the door, sometimes a leprous hand reaching for a handout with a plea for compassion. Life, with all its hurts and pains, squinted at you, squatted before you, and stared you down daily. This was the street where I grew up. 
Life in our neighborhood was lived out amid this jumble of sounds, sights, and scents. There, on the street every day, friends played soccer or cricket. Laughter, cries, angry outbursts, all the emotions were in evidence. Around the corner, a small shop sold potato crisp snacks and spicy Indian treats, and the best thing you could do was go into the shop and have your uncle or your friend buy you a treat of some kind. Flavors were in the air, the smell of oil heated to its peak, frying food of some kind, and taking it all in was an all-day activity, with someone buying a morsel or two and munching on it as they went on their way. From sunrise to sunset, people of every stripe and need passed by. Then at dusk, when the street lamps came on, students came out of their homes to continue their studies under lamplight. In some homes there was no electricity. In others, parents sent their children outside to study under the street lamps to conserve electricity. There was often a tussle as to...